bless you, saints. That song about the eagle has a very special significance for me because that was the first message that was ever put into my hand was as the eagle stirreth her nest. And I didn't, I didn't know what I was reading at that time, but all as I knew was that this message came right from God. And even though the way it came to me was very unusual, I just wanted to know where I can get more of these messages. And uh, it's been wonderful to live in that realm that God has opened up only to His bride. I was thinking that, you know, when God had the selection process going on, we were in the right line. And 99% of the world was in the wrong line. And uh, over the years, we found that, that God is in time, on time, all the time. And this has been uh, an amazing week that we have been through this last week. And if you ever want to pray for the ministry, you need to pray for them now because they've gone through a, a real hard time. The families that have lost have gone through a hard time. The whole body has gone through, not only here, but around the world, because people find out, they know, they're interceding in prayer. And uh, I just came from several weeks in the Northeast, and I was able to spend time with my family. And my family, they're all intoxicated with Roman Catholicism. And uh, for a long time, they used to think that I was the religious kook in the family, and uh, they used to say, how could you leave the mother church? But this time, after I left, at least they don't think I'm a kook anymore. Because I spoke with them about the Bible. And that's pretty amazing to most Catholic people. When you speak to them from the Bible, even my mother's sister, 89 years old, was a Catholic nun. And she was amazed that I knew the Bible. Because in, in the Catholic church, the only ones who really know the Bible are the priests. And most Catholic families, they have a big Bible on the coffee table, but the only attention it ever got was somebody dusted it off once in a while. And we were told, don't go near it because you'd get confused. And uh, so when, when we were young, we couldn't even pray to Jesus. We had to pray to Mary, and Mary would carry our prayers to Jesus. And for those of you who were not exposed to that, that might sound a little bit strange to you, but that was true. And Brother Branham had a lot to say about that system, but, you know, we'll leave that alone for now. Um, but Brother David Combo from the Boston area, he asked me to bring greetings to you. And also Brother Elijah Gibbs and Brother Craig Bohr. We met in Connecticut. And Brother Simon Peter Sesse is in New York. And uh, had an amazing experience. Several years ago, I was in a church in Massachusetts and for 30 years, I'd always ask the question, does anybody know anybody that was born in the state of Rhode Island that's in the message? And for 30 years, the answer was always no. So the last time I was there, I met a brother, Matthew. And uh, so he just uh, we just met good friends. And uh, the last time I was in Rhode Island, it was a three mile trip from the airport to my mother's house. And in the middle of that three mile trip, I get a phone call. And his brother Matthew is on the line. Hadn't heard from him for two years. And he tells me that the Lord has led him to start a church in Rhode Island. That was amazing. So we met and had fellowship. So this time he wants me to come and, and preach. I'm excited about it. So he texts me the address of the church. 
I said, well, that's, you know, that church, I know that street, Eddy Street. That's about a 10-mile street. Everybody in Providence knows that street. Now, I never thought about the word Providence until I got saved. I live in Providence, 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 Providence. But when I got saved, I started to understand Providence. So now he texts me the address, so I go to the church, and the church is three-tenths of a mile from the home that I grew up in. And the name of the street that I grew up in was Mystic Street, 26 Mystic Street. And I never knew what a mystic was until I came to the message. So I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island on Mystic Street. So Brother Matthew is there. I think Brother Tim, you've met Brother Matthew. Brother John, you've met Brother Matthew. Beautiful man. Been through some hard trials this last year with his health. But God has miraculously brought our brother through. He's got a wonderful church. And uh, it's amazing what God is doing in the Northeast and how the message is, is rising up. And uh, God's going to have a bride from all the, the, the cities, all the states, all the countries around the world. There's seed lying there. And I'm so thankful for that. And uh, this week, I uh, got a chance to go to the Cambodia. And I thank Brother Tom and the ministry for making a way for me to go. And it's an extension of the ministry of Bible believers. Brother Ed had the burden to open a Bible believers office. And we met Brother Vernon and Brother Vernon uh, was our manager for about 10 years. And now he and Brother Nestor, Brother Danny DeMundo have started going around Asia doing mystery expos. So in Cambodia now, Brother Vernon has gone there and they have got almost a duplicate office of what we had in Manila. And Brother Brother Vernon learned very well. And now they've got that office set up there. And there's a young man, and I think I spoke about him before. Brother Tim has spoken about him. Amazing young man, Brother Paul, 24 years old. Anybody else here 24? Around 24? Well, Brother Paul has already translated 225 messages into his language. He was raised up in an area, it's a triangle area, where Cambodia, Laos, and Thailand, where they come together and meet. Brother Paul speaks all three languages, and English, and two other dialects. And he's one of the most amazing young men, humble, kind, open, hungry, and I've been in close communication with him for the last year or so, and so now they're having a convention there in Cambodia, and they really need prayers because the government is hindering some of the people from a neighboring country from going across the border, so they're trying to get in now as tourists coming in, so if you can pray for those those brothers, and uh, you know, it, 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 is, it is amazing what God is doing in Asia. And for a long time, it was like, you know, everything was lying dormant there. In Japan now, there is a couple of native Japanese people that are coming to the message where before it was all people who were visiting Japan, who were from other parts of the country. But, you know, this this season that we are in is the most exciting season that a man or woman could ever live in. And all of us have problems, and if there's anybody who says they don't have a problem, I would question their veracity, and the only one who doesn't have a problem is somebody, you know, who's gone on to be on the other side, but no matter what our problems are, if you are truly born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, your real problem is over. 
your eternal question has been answered. So we're going to have problems from this day until our last breath. But the big problem, the eternal question that God has answered for us. So let's stand to our feet. And I'd like to invite you to the book of Romans. We're going to look at just one verse in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. And before we read, if we can pray. Father, as we prepare to speak from your sacred book, a book that Anybody with intelligence can read, but only the mind of God can understand and read between the lines. And we thank you that this has been opened to us through a supernatural channel, a channel that only the bride has the receiving station to bring it in and have a clear understanding. And not only to be able to understand it, but to love it and to live it out. We pray, Father, that you would help us, both speaker and hearer tonight, to say and hear only what you would have in this service. Pray that we would walk from this building in a newness of a resurrection and a new zeal to face the coming days with joy and a determination that we're going to live lives that are worthy of the gospel. We ask this in your precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God bless you. You can have your seats. One of the favorite verses for most born-again believers is 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And when you examine and study the life of Paul before his conversion on the Damascus Road, uh, you can imagine the revelation that Paul had to have to be able to say, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things, the beating and the whipping and the torturing that I did for God's children, all that is gone. And I'm a new creature in Christ. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are past, I press forward to the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ. So Paul knew the salvation and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And only a real born-again believer, true message believer, can understand and appropriate true justification that was brought in this day. And as I was back in Rhode Island with my family, and, uh, you know, we, we had a rough family growing up. And I was speaking to my brother and my sisters that were there, and I said, any one of us, what we put our parents through, it could have killed a normal mother or father. But they, they raised five of us, 
And it's, it's, it's incredible the insanity that went on in our home, but it's wonderful how a family, they can justify their brother, their sister, a mother can bypass, overlook what their son did, what their daughter did, and just like it never happened in the first place. But if we knew the same thing about our neighbor, why? We, we'd want to point the finger. Do you know what they did? But when it's family, you know, it, it's covered up. And that's how the family of God is. And you know, a real Christian, they do not look at the hinder parts of their brother or their sister because we've all got them. And I'm so thankful that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all unrighteousness. And you know, I want to just look, you don't have to turn there, but I just want to, to read what Jesus said to Peter. They were having communion and in, in Luke, Jesus says, and the Lord said, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, if you can take that and try to take that through the lens of the gospel, Peter had been with Jesus. He wasn't a rookie, wasn't a novice, been there for three years, had seen the supernatural, had heard the word, had lived and slept with Messiah, and he wasn't converted yet. Nobody was converted yet. The Holy Ghost had not fallen up until that time. And even after that, when Jesus, when Jesus was rose from the dead, the women went to the tomb and, and the men, the angels said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. Remember how he spoke to you. And they ran back and told the apostles and they said, and their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Now these were not silly women, brother Roy. These were women. Faithful testimony of faithful women and the the 11 apostles and the rest thought it was fairy tales. And then Jesus himself come and he appears to them and they were terrified and frightened, thought they seen a ghost. And, And Jesus said to them, look, he said, here, here's my hands. Here's my feet. Let me just read this. Verse 39. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see that a spirit had not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Think of that scene. Here's the apostles, all the followers. Here's a resurrected Christ showing him his hands, probably lifted up his, his, his robe and said, there, right there, that's where they nailed me. Here, here's my, right here, that's where they nailed me. And one of the most amazing scriptures in the Bible says, and while they yet believed not. Resurrected Christ standing there, showing them his hands and his feet. And Brother Branham said there's three kind of believers. Believers, unbelievers, and make-believers. So I'm not saying they stayed there, but in this category, they didn't believe. They believed not. And I remember Brother Bisco a long time ago, he said, Jesus, he could have gone and got a, a, a vial of, of water, said, I'll turn it to wine. Or he could have got a leper or a blind man and he healed them. 
But he said they'd already done that for three years. And Brother Branham said all he had to show for it was a group of mechanic-filled cowards. Peter wasn't converted. The apostles weren't converted. The followers weren't converted. And Jesus opened their eyes with the word. And that's what we have had in our day. We have had God himself come and open the word to us. And I want to speak just a a short thought on supernatural communion. Not a natural communion. Oh, that's great. Brotherhood's great. Fellowship is great. Communion is great. And as a young boy, I'll never forget. I was tormented by my first communion. I was six years old going on to seven. And I was told, you're going to receive your first communion. You've got to go in that box and you've got to tell that priest everything, every sin you've ever committed. And don't leave out any of them. Now, if you ever met Sister Agnes, <laughs> I knew Sister Agnes. And when she warns you, don't leave out anything. Because you're going to receive God in your tongue. That was terrifying. And I thought of everything I ever did, every cookie I ever took behind my mother's back, everything I ever did. And I, I, I asked the priest, just in case I forgot anything, if you could just give me kind of blanket coverage. <laughs> and I walked there in that first communion. Still, They still have pictures of me walking down the altar with my hands folded and my tongue sticking out. And I received the Jesus cookie. And, you know, and now there are millions of people around the world every week that go there and they believe when they walk up to the altar, they stick out their tongue and God, who through transubstantiation with the priest has the power to change the bread and wine to the body and blood of Christ. They receive deity in their body. Millions go to church every day. Six o'clock mass, seven o'clock mass, because they want communion. They want, they want to start their day with deity in their body. They probably don't read their Bible. Maybe they read their catechism, but they go to church and I'm going to receive communion. Now this sounds like a fairy tale, friends, but there's over a billion people that that is there, thus saith the Lord. That's their gospel. And then you take the Hindus and the Buddhists and the, take all the religions of the world and even in Christendom, all the denomination, all of Judaism. And there is one select group of people who can receive true supernatural and spiritual communion. And it's here contained in the word. I'm not, I'm only going to read two quotes, but one of them is from perfect faith. And brother Branham said, but Jesus lived in a world that no one knowed about. He was an odd person. He lived in a world of perfect faith and the perfect God in which he was. He lived in a perfect faith of a Christian. And we're told he was a mystic to the world. The people couldn't understand him. You'd walk in the spirit. What the spirit said that you would do. You would do what he forbid you do. Then the people began to say that you're a mystic person to them. So a mystic, the definition of a mystic is one who seeks after and attains direct intercourse with God. And this is the mystical body of the Lord Jesus Christ that God has invited in to this supernatural communion. 
Remember, at the first communion, the apostles were not converted yet. And three days later, then he rose again and he appeared to them and they still had to go to the upper room and they still had to wait until they were endued with power from on high. And Brother Branham said oftentimes, we're getting too many to church and not enough to Christ. And unless you have come into this mystical union. So I know about the, 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 the communion of the Catholic Church. And then I backslid from the Catholic Church and I went into the world. And my last trip to Florida, I took a trip into my days of insanity. I walked up and down the boardwalk of Daytona Beach, Florida. And all the memories came flooding back to me of what a crazy man I was and the life that I lived. And, you know, other people have talked about their past and, you know, the drinking and all the stuff. Well, my life, it was a cartoon world. It was all the psychedelics. And I lived in a perverted supernatural world. It was real. I knew about demons and devils. I didn't know it at that time. I thought I was having a good time, but it was only until I got born again and the supernatural just began to emerge. First of all, in a Pentecostal church and then gradually Bible school and UPC and finally coming into the message. And only then was I able to understand the supernatural communion, that supernatural world. And it's like, you know, you, like Walt Disney World, when he invented cartoons, he took all those pictures and he had thousands of them and cartoons came. So he animated things. And, and in this world, in a supernatural world, God has animated his word through a prophet of God that you're able to take that periscope in that station of creation in your imagination and you can go with a perfect vision, look before the foundation of the world, you can look back into the garden, you can see Adam and Eve, you can see them ruling in Eden, you can see the serpent, you know, slurping right up to him. I was I was listening and, and reading the serpent seed today and Brother Branham said he was a great big thing. You know, a lot of people I've talked to in the message, they've never read the serpent seed. If a person does not know what happened in Genesis 3, they take a detour in the Bible and they never recover. And so when the serpent, Brother Brown said he's a great big creature, muscles, 10 feet tall. You wonder where the giants in the land came from? You wonder where Goliath came from? Well, the first giant, he went into Guards Eden and he wreaked havoc in there. Then David got a little bit of revenge and David took out the giant. And then Jesus came and Satan came again and attacked the Lord. And then Jesus rose and was victorious. And then Satan comes again and now he's got Satan's Eden. He's the God of this evil age with the anointed ones at the end times. With an invasion of the United States, an invasion of insanity all over the world. It's not only in North America here, but it's happening in Hong Kong. It's happening in South America. It's happening in Europe. Falling apart of the world. It's like, it's like Brother Branham spoke with such precision clarity of the day that you and I are living in right now. And only the message of God can give us a sane mind as Brother Tom was speaking about this morning. A sane mind. You know what, what a miracle that is that there's any sanity in this world at all? 
And if it hadn't been, like Brother Tim was talking about, for the message, where would we be now? And some kind of an ecclesiastic world or, 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 or glazed days and amazed by the, the entertainment world or the sports world, business world, all the things. Satan has got so many tools that he, he's dangling in front of people's eyes. And unless and until you make a conscious decision, when you wake up in the morning, there is going to be supernatural communion between you and God. Satan has already got you on his treadmill. He's got you on what I call the stress express. Non-stop to the bottom. And he's bringing people, thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands every month are leaving this world. And they go somewhere. We say, well, you know, well, that's a serious thing when somebody leaves this world, friends. And if it wasn't for a hope of a rapture, we would all be facing that kind of a death. But Brother Branham, he said there's going to be a people in this last day, in this day of Laodicea, in the shortest age possible. I was reading with Brother 64, Brother Branham says, if time were to go on for 50 years, the whole world would be in total insanity. It's become a buzzword now. Insanity, the definition of insanity. Everybody knows it. It's the mindset that you can continue to do what you've always done and expect a different result. So if somebody just goes to church and they put in their time Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Bible study occasionally, fellowship occasionally. But unless your communion is a supernatural, spiritual, intimate covenant relationship between you and God, you have missed the mark. You have missed the the, the, the pearl of great price is lying before everybody who is in the sound of our voices right here, right here, right now. And it doesn't matter what our past has been. Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow's a promissory note. Today is the only legal tender we can spend. And so starting today, we are on an exciting road to a glorious supernatural future if you choose to be. Like the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler met Jesus, asked the right question, got the right answer. But the preaching of the gospel makes a person mad or glad or sad. And him, it made him very sad. And there might be people here today, when you count the cost of a prayer life, of leaving some of the things that we shouldn't be involved in, activities, habits, all these things that we have been involved in in the past. And many people, they know the cost. And it's a great cost, but the reward is a zillion times greater than any cost that you could ever put in. And I've lost great friends, you know, I I won't say friends, I've lost great relationships that I've had with people. Some of them 20 and 30 years, but the serpent seed, that was a dividing line. Or the trinity, that was a dividing line. Had people say, you mean you don't believe in the holy trinity? I said, well... Show me the word Trinity in the Bible. Show me anybody's ever baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost in the Bible. They can't do it. But it's the Holy Trinity. Like it's the apple in the garden. I mean, Brother Brown made it so simple. If 
eating apples makes women know they're naked. It's time to start passing the apples. And that was in 1958. What would he say now with the yoga pants? And I see the belly buttons are starting to come back in fashion now. Horrible. Women of the world would love to be totally insane. They would love to be totally naked. They would love to do it. And there's only a little tiny piece of fabric, probably about one sixteenth of an inch, separating them from being totally naked. And they love it. And you can see that serpent nature in people. You know, if you walk out the door today, you go to work or school or your neighbors, you're going to rub shoulders with serpents every day. They may look like you. They may talk like you. They may even, you know, look like you. But there's only one group of people who God has called to this. Now, I'm not writing everybody off. There's going to be a lot of foolish virgins in there. And it's going to be a lot of people whose ticket to eternal life is going to be that they were good to the bride. I never want to fail to give anybody an opportunity to be good to me. And the same for you. Brother Branham used to ask people for a drink of water. They were good to a prophet. Brother Branham says, I wonder if we are sufficiently impressed with what God has done in this generation. I can say for myself, no, I'm not sufficiently impressed enough. I need to be more impressed. I need more understanding. I need more revelation. I need more of a dedicated life. I need more of a consecrated life. I need more time to separate myself from all the duties and the responsibilities of this world and to be able to wash my mind. And believe me, this mind needed to be washed. If, 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 I mean, Paul, I remember Paul, he's saying, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. I'm so thankful for up-to-date revelation of justification and the sea of God's forgetfulness and having a real revelation that God can forgive and forget. That's supernatural. God made it that way. I remember reading the message where Brother Branham said, now God being a savior, it was necessary that he predestinate a race of people who would fall in order to give himself a reason and purpose for being. I can tell you, I had to read that over and over and over. Then he said, unless there was sin, there wasn't going to be a savior. Unless there was sickness, there wouldn't be a healer. There had to be a deliverer. All the attributes and the virtues and the nature and character of God, it had to be manifest in us. But once we see it and we take those promises and we metabolize those promises and we live out the promises. It's one thing I do, Paul said, forgetting those things that are past. I press forward to the mark, the prize of the high calling in Christ. Every one of us, we've got that opportunity right now. Just like the rich young ruler, he had his opportunity. We've got more of a a greater opportunity. We've got a resurrected word. Last time I was here, I spoke to you about the Jews, some of the brightest, most intelligent people on the face of the earth and their prophets, hundreds of prophecies of Messiah and, and all pointing to Messiah. Jesus fulfills them all. 
and he sits in front of the most religious people on the planet in Jerusalem. Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, all with their phylacteries around them, their robes just right, their beards just right, walking around, missed him. 2,000 years of hindsight, still they have not been able to identify Isaiah 53. Isaiah 9.6. But every time I listen to somebody who has been converted to Christianity from Judaism, I'm not saying message Christianity, I'm just saying they go from being a Jew to being a Trinitarian, so sometimes they're more confused. But they all said, how could we have missed it? It's right there. Isaiah 53. It's like a strobe light of Messiah. There he is right there. And our people for 6,000 years have missed him. Israel, marvel of the world. Science, medicine, technology, breakthroughs in every area. Cannot see their own Messiah. Their own God. Because he blinded their eyes so that the Gentile bride could be grafted in. You consider that? Now, it's not to say that he's not going to open the eyes of the 144,000 when Moses and Elijah come. It's not to say the souls under the altar will not be there. But God blinded their eyes. I don't know if you remember when, 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 when Brother Gershon Solomon was here and he and his wife were going back to the airport and, and, and his wife was saying to Brother Ed and Sister Ruth, I just can't understand the Holocaust. And Brother Ed very gently shared to them that was the, the, the tender hand of Jehovah. And he said that Gershon rocked up. Oh, I've never thought about that. Have to, have to pray about that one. You think about a Holocaust, friends, the tender hand of Jehovah to drive his own people back to Israel. Because if it had not been for the Second World War, they'd still be enjoying their European life. They'd still be enjoying their treasures and their art and their mansions and and their glorious life of travel. But God had to bring them up short to drive them back. And God has had to do everything to a real son or daughter of God. He's had to stop us in our tracks like he did to Paul. Had to stop us in sometimes our religious tracks. Had to stop us. And we all had mostly the same wrestling match. Those that were not raised in the message. And that was to wrestle with the revelation of a prophet of God. The magnitude of that word, a real word, prophet of God. The magnitude of that. Think about a prophet of God, any of the great prophets of God. And when I say great, I mean, you know, God, God anointed them. There's only one hero in the Bible, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the only hero in the Bible. But he used his prophets as his mouthpiece. And every one of those men, think about the pressure on their shoulder. They're the only man in the whole world that knew what God was in the middle of doing for his people. What he was warning them about. What he was showing was going to be their future. And how many times did God have to send judgment upon his people when they turned their back upon God? 
Friends, I don't want that. I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for any believer. And so it's time to take the message more serious than we have ever done before. It's time to let that supernatural intelligence come and have that communion with God. Have a supernatural enlightenment. Have your eyes 2020 supernatural vision. Understand what happened in Genesis. Genesis, Brother Brandon, the first message he spoke, faith is the substance. The last one he spoke is communion. So the first one is faith. Revelation is the substance. The last one is communion. And then he's gone. I wonder... And I don't want to embarrass anybody, but how often are you having communion with God? Sometimes people in the old church that I was in, they might be having more communion than some believers are. I'm not talking about a good communion, but they believe it's communion. They believe that they are entering into a channel where deity can come into their body. Friends, this is deity right here. How many times has Brother Bisco said the message is Jesus Christ in a new divine order called the message? This is Jesus Christ. When you open a message, when you listen to a tape, you're sitting at the very feet of Jesus Christ. And you're able to read between the lines. Other people can read the same Bible you read. Today, the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Lutheran church, the Pentecostal church, they read the same Bible that we read. But it's a closed book. I went to Bible school. I did not know what a type was when I got a Bible school. I knew what hermeneutics was, homiletics was. I knew all the terminology, but types and shadows. That was when God began to open that up. It was like the whole message. It was like God just put all the pieces together. 66 books, 40 men, everything in perfect harmony, in perfect unity. And so to be a part of this race, one more quote, Brother Bram says, I don't say it won't push you about, it won't mock you, it won't get on you, it won't do this, but many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many times will the ark be tossed this way and that way. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Many bounces had the old ark. Many ups and downs. And many gales did she ride. But she landed on Mount Aratat just the same. Many alligators, I said, crossed the little ark. Many gales had rode through the night. Many dark storms she rode through. But landed safely in the bulrushes. When the intents could be taken to the throne of the nation. Talking about Moses. From the lowest to the highest. Amen. We miserable, wretched, from the lowest of all insects, lowest of all creatures, morally polluted, spiritually dead, can be lifted from that place by the ark of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to be the sons and daughters and kings and priests unto God. And last last sentence, Brother Branham says, What a picture. What do we have under consideration? How can man turn from such a proposition down that God hath made unto him? A supernatural 
proposition. It's hard to sometimes come to grips with, but most of the world will never have an invitation or an opportunity, not even to have a book put in their hands, never to hear the voice of the prophet, not one time in their life. In fact, for most people, you, you a believer, you will be the only son or daughter of God that they ever come into personal contact with in their entire life. The only supernatural being. Now, that's if you choose it. Now, you don't get holy in a hurry. Now, a while ago, I spoke about a thought being holy, happy, and humble. And that's a real balancing act. How, how can you be the happiest person in the world, but at the same time, be the humble? Humble yourself. And I wish sometimes I meet people. I say, oh, I wish I could be more humble. I wish I didn't have that, that northeast spirit. I wish I didn't have that, you know, that, that kind of attitude or, you know, I just respond. I wish I could slow down a little bit. But God made me that way. And God made you the way that you were made. And whatever way he made you in, this message can come and this message can tune you up and tune out the world and tune you into a supernatural channel. Thus saith the Lord. What a privilege. What an opportunity that that God has given to us to be part. Brother Branham calls it the super church. We hear about that all the time. Super church. Super church. Super church. Super race of people. Brother Branham, what does that? Super, 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 super. Everything super. And he's all the terminology. Then he says, it's God's super idea. The bride of Christ. This, you, we, are God's super idea. That he's going to have a church in this day without spot, blemish, wrinkle. Not by what we've done, but by what he did. And the channel that he opens to us to understand the day that we're living in. There has been such insanity loosed upon the world at this time. And Brother Tim said it before. You look at any part of the news, you can't find a symbol or a semblance of sanity anywhere. No, don't even bother looking anymore. Because as bad as it is right now, they are just getting warmed up for the tribulation period. It's not going to get any better, friends. It's going to get worse and worse and worse until the whole world is sunk. The Bible says that the beast will deceive the whole world. I remember being a new Christian. How is that possible? How is the whole world, with all the millions of Christians, how is the beast Going to deceive the whole world. And we, there's gonna be a great falling away. Oh, that's in the denominator. That's the great falling away out there. Never, never did we ever imagine what we'd see in the last ten years or so. People falling away, blowing away. All kind of little things in that realm of reasoning gone. Never had anything in the first place, friends. The Bible says, he that endureth until the end, the same shall be saved. And so the question is, are you one that's going to endure until the end? And what's it going to take 
We cannot do it with, with natural intellect. We can't do it with spiritual intellect because there's a lot of... I used to listen to the Baptist preachers all the time and they could lay down that word so great. And then they, and then they would get to the Holy Trinity. And then they would get to all the legalists out there in the world trying to tell people about cutting their hair and wearing paint. And, and all of a sudden, this great, wonderful message, all of us boom, descended into chaos. Great spiritual intellect out there. Great understanding. Great knowledge. Gamaliel was such a man like that. Paul studied under Gamaliel. And Gamaliel had enough sense to say, hey, don't bother fighting that. If it's not of God, it won't come to anything. If it is God, you're not going to do anything to stop it. And there's not this message is unstoppable and the bride is invis, invincible. An army of God with Jesus is a five star general that has never lost a battle. Think, think about the majesty of God. There's about seven to eight billion people on the earth right now. God knows every thought that is going on in every person's mind right now. He knows every thought that has ever gone on in this mind since the day I was born. Since the day I had any kind of, a, of, of intellectual, you know, capability. He knows everything I ever said, everything I ever did, everything I ever thought, everything. We think, well, the world came up. They got their DVRs and all that, and they can record. Yeah, God's got one. He, he had it a long time ago. Recorded everything. Every thought. Every word. Every motive for every thought. Every word. Every action. And at that time, when, when, when the great white throne judgment, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there with your whole life going, being broadcast. To the whole world. Everything. Brother Frank, could you imagine that? You've been around longer than most of us, I think. Could you imagine every thought you ever had being broadcast? Every word? Every action? No. The bride, she bypasses that. The blood enables you to come into harmony. And Brother Bram says, God will never judge his bride. Never will bring her into a tribulation period. He takes her away. And friends, that day is closer than it has ever been before. It's later than it has ever been before. And this word, this message that we believe, it is more mature at this second of time than it has ever been. And in five seconds, it'll be more mature and we'll be closer to that day, that great catching away. And when you step into that realm, this realm is going to be, it's not even going to be a memory. Because if we could remember all of our sins, it wouldn't be heaven. Anybody that's not there, it's not going to bother us because it wouldn't be heaven. If, oh, I wish my son was here. I, no, it's not going to be heaven. Everybody that's supposed to be there will be there. Everybody that's not supposed to be there won't be there. Heaven. 
supernatural, mystical joy, excitement, enthusiasm beyond anything that we can imagine. Paul said, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. The mind of man has not even begun to imagine the great things that God has for those that love him and are called together for his purpose. Think about that. God, the God, rolled the stars off his fingers. Used to be they thought there was thousands, then it went tens of thousands, then it went hundreds, then it went million. now it's billions, and it's up in probably the trillions now. And Hubble is still going there, still exploring the wonder of God. And God just said, let there be. And a portion of that God dwells in His bride. Talk about privilege. Talk about the pearl of great price. This message is the pearl of great price. And sometimes I meet my own family, my brother, my sisters, my aunt, my cousins, my nephews. My I want to shake them. I want to shake them, wake them. Don't you know? Don't you know that you're living right on the edge of insanity? You need to know God. Know God. K-N-O-W. Know God. Or N-O God. Know God. Our choice. And how good do you want to know God? How personal do you want that God to become? How many promises in the Word do you want to let go undone in your life? You know, I, I, I don't I don't want to be selfish or anything, but I want every promise. The Bible says every promise in the book is mine. Every word, every line, all those things. That's a song. And, and I want every promise. I want them punctuated. I, I believe them. I believe everything that was said. One guy said, I believe the Bible from cover to cover. And I even believe the cover. And that word Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. But yet some people, friends, just to be serious, going to be closing just a few minutes. Some people are deceived enough to believe that they are a candidate to be the bride of Jesus Christ and have never read the whole Bible. Now, that, that's just basics. That's like ABCs. Then how many have never read a church age book from cover to cover? How many have never read a seals book from cover to cover? I mean, I can't even imagine where I would be in this day if I didn't have an understanding of those seven seals being unveiled. And brother, there's a great controversy about the seventh seal. Some people think it's open. Some people think it's not open. Brother Branham said the seventh seal is not open to the public. But it is open to the bride. It is. All the seals are open. Everything has been unveiled for us. Eternity has been unveiled for us. The power, the dunamis. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the dunamis. That word dunamis comes from the Greek word dynamite. You shall receive power. You shall receive dynamite. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Brother Todd, I want to ask you a question. What do you think? the Apostle Paul would be like if they could transport him into our day and we could put him on the front row right there. Do you think Paul would be, oh, ho, hum. 
You think he'd be casual about the gospel? Brother Brown said, just think how numb, how dull, how desensitized we are to the word. I, I, if I were to ask Paul, Paul, you, you, you've, you've unveiled God's word. You're a prophet of God, the first church age messenger. Where do you expect the church to be 2,000 years down the road? What do you think Paul would say, Brother Tom? I don't know. <laughs> I think he would say, they should be lively stones. They should be awake. They should be alert. Especially on the day that we're approaching the coming of the Lord. As you see that day approaching, assemble yourself more. Like Brother Tom, I love to come to church. Love to be in the atmosphere. Love to be in the presence of the Lord. But first of all, you have to know it's the presence of the Lord. You have to know there's supernatural beings in this building. How do you know that? By revelation. How do you get that revelation? By believing that God sent a prophet. How do you know God sent a prophet? By listening to his voice in the day of the voice of the seventh angel. There is an intoxication about that voice when it comes and you hear it. It's like a mother just saying a lullaby to her baby. You know, just gives that little baby, just gives him peace. I love to lay in bed, listen to that voice at nighttime. Wake up first thing in the morning, get my day started with prayer. I know I said it before, but every day I wake up, I know there's got to be two deaths. I got to die and the devil's got to die. And the devil is not going to cheat me out of one of the promises of God. I want every one of them. Now, a lot of people today, they they believe in the New Age movement, evolution, the great Big Bang. You know how stupid that is? You either got to be stuck in stupid or deep in dumb to believe that. To believe that, you'd believe somebody could take a stick of dynamite and throw it into a print shop and out would come a dictionary. The great God has made every species, every plant, every flower, every animal, every bird, everything in the water. And he's made a group of people for his pleasure to receive his word. I know it's been a long week, so I'm just going to ask you to to stand to your feet. A while ago... As I was flying in a plane, and uh, a lot of time on my hand, a lot of waiting, and so I wrote down a lot of the things that, that God has done to me. And one time, Brother Brown said, pick up your pen and write. So I decided, well, I'm going to pick up my pen and write. And, you know, I've got a long history on the religious merry-go-round and insanity and the insanity of the world. But I'm so thankful that back in May the 21st of 1983, I heard the name of William Branham for the first time. And from that time forward, it's gone sweeter and richer and deeper and clearer than ever. I started thinking, if it had not been for the message... All of us, me, you, everybody in the message, how would we know? And I started writing things down. Like, how would you know that it had never rained before Noah's day? You ever hear anybody preach on that before? How would you know that Abraham and Sarah were changed back to a young man and a young woman as a type of the bride going to be changed back? 
to a young man and a young woman. How would you know that King Saul was saved or that hell was not eternal? Or the baptism in the Godhead, the true revelation. How would you know about the rapture and the changing? How about the seven dimensions? Who the 144,000 are? Who the souls under the altar are? And I just began to write. How about the church ages and the seals and the serpent seed? How would you begin to measure your future home? How would you know about the Antichrist and the false prophet and the whore and the number and the name and the mark and the image? These things are unknown. If people out in the denominational realm, if they ever got one inkling of revelation, they'd go on television or radio and they would put it up for sale. Oh, we've got a great truth. We've got a great revelation. And for an offering of only $500, we're going to send it to you. I've been around them all, friends. The beaters and the bleeders and the feeders. And I'm so thankful that God sent us a feeder in this day. How would we know these things, friend? And the answer is, we wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know about adoption, predestination. We wouldn't know about the statue of a perfect man, the truth about marriage and divorce. We wouldn't know about Satan's Eden. We wouldn't know about the third pole. We wouldn't even know what the first pole was or the second pole was. And sad to say, friends, there are people who are sitting right here right now without an understanding. I just put it on the shelf. I'll get it. You better dig in and get it, friends. It's later than we think. And so as a result of all the things that we now know, then I will, well, because of this, who, who are we? Who is the bride? And I just started writing down and I was inspired. And, and I wrote down that we are new creatures. We're to be attributes of God, the thoughts of God, the offspring of God, the genes of God, the sperm of God, God's victory over Satan in this generation. Now this is your book, friends. This is your legacy. We're overcomers of the name and the number and the mark and the image. Overcomers, not survivors, overcomers of all those things. You're a new species. You've got God's DNA inside of you. You've got God's genetic code inside of you. And only the bride can receive that sound. You know, a shortwave radios, they can, they can, they, they can tune, that shortwave radio can tune in things that the AM and the FM, they don't get it. But the short wave, they got that receipt. They can bring in German. They can bring in Spanish. They can bring in Greek. They can bring in a, they can bring all these voices in from all over the world. Brother Branham said many voices in the world, many voices vying for your attention. As I was with, with the brothers for lunch today, this, this restaurant where I think they had five or six televisions around there. And there was hockey going on, and Hong Kong was going on, and football was going. I'm so glad my back was turned to it. But all the people in the restaurant, oh, ah, oh, and they're just ooing and aahing at these athletes, sports figures. You know, if you break that down, friends, those sports figures and the spirits that are on your hockey players and your basketball players and your football players, the same spirits were in the Colosseum at Rome, in the gladiators. They were in Greek at the Olympic Games, but now they've got satellite network and they can manifest themselves to billions of people around the world. And they give these people almost like superhuman powers. 
Things we've never seen athletes do before. It was a time when the four-minute mile, it was unbreakable until Jim Ryan broke it. When he broke it, I think the next year, there was ten people who broke what they said was an unbreakable spirits. Brother Brown said, those spirits, they don't die. They go from body to body to body to body, from generation to generation to generation, and they're in the Vancouver Canucks. And they're in the Seattle Seahawks. And I don't want to name a whole bunch of them. I can name a whole bunch of them. That's where they are, friends. Live, And they've got millions of fans. You know what fans mean? A fan is a fanatic. And they've got hockey fanatics. And football. And baseball. And basketball. we got some giants in the land. On the basketball court. Oh, stuffing the ball, stuffing a piece of rubber, jumping up, stuffing it, and going down like King Kong. Insanity on steroids, friends. Just closing now. So, we're sons and daughters of the King. Mystics in a mystical body. Mystical body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The elite of God. Only by the grace of God. Do we really understand that? Brother Brown said the reason that we don't is because we don't get deep enough into the spirit. We don't get deep enough into that supernatural realm where all things are possible. And the greatest miracle that God has ever done is to reveal himself to his church. All through the church ages, he's had a bride. He's had an elect that stood against all the religions of the world. You're the voice of God in this generation. The apple of His eye. The heartbeat of God. Trophies of His grace. Beneficiaries of the resurrection. Living sacrifices. Tabernacles of the living God. Sanctified ones. The light of the world. The salt of the earth. Angels. Messiahs. Little lights. I hope this is not, this is not redundant to you. Just kind of reminding us of who we are sometimes. It's good to have a tune-up once in a while. We do it for our cars. How about for our soul? You know, there's a lot of pollution out in the world. We got, we got air pollution. And we got water pollution. And the cuckoo clocks out there. Out there, all the water, all there! What about soul pollution? That's what I, I, I'd like to get on my little Dobby horse and talk about soul pollution. You're ambassadors of Christ, angels of light. You're a spiritual dynamo. You're the most contagious people on earth. Contagious to each other. Infectious, spontaneous. That's the bride. Just crack that whip one time, she's off. Thoroughbred. You're a product of divine engineering and divine evolution. The Word and the Bride has evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved until this day. Brother Ram said she'd be so close. The super church would be so close. She would be in His very image. That's my desire, friends. I know I fall short every day. But my goal, when I wake up in the morning, my goal is I want to serve God. I want His nature. I want His character to be in me. And so finally, because of what we know and what we have, you have perfect love 
inside of you. You're the highest form of life on earth. I remember Brother Biscoe saying that one time. He said, some people think the highest form of life on earth is a human being. He said, no. Highest form of life on earth is a human being with a seed gene of God living inside of them. That's the highest form of life there is. And so, you have a seed of supernatural strength and stamina. You've had a blood transfusion, a heart transplant, a mind transplant, a life transplant. You have the ability to prosper and thrive in the realms of the supernatural. Sometimes not so much in the natural world, but in the supernatural world, in the important world. That's where it's at. You have supernatural marching orders. You have a blueprint. A divine blueprint, an absolute. And if we stay in that absolute, then we can take advantage of the final thing we have. A supernatural passport. A passport into the next realm. A passport into eternity. Let's bow our heads. Father, we know that you are in our midst. You're in the life, the mind, the thought process of every one of your children. Ones that have walked with you for quite a while. And others that are just coming into an awareness of this glorious supernatural world that is all around us. I pray, Lord, for that quickening power to take place right now in each one of our lives, no matter where we are, Father. Take us higher. Give us a a, a more clever and a more keen insight into what this Word is designed to do in our life and for all that, that are around us, Father. Let us be intoxicating to other people that that we would be salty, that they might get thirsty. And let it be that way amongst our body, amongst believers, amongst brothers and sisters. Let us not look at the hinder parts. Let us not look at those that have stumbled and those that have made mistakes and those that have have had all kinds of trials and troubles in their life. Maybe those that have, have gone away and come back, Father. Let's just rejoice that each one of us are here at this moment, at this hour, that we might receive our supernatural anointing to take us all the way home. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to just ask Brother Tom to come and uh, I'm just so thankful for the brothers that labor here, have labored here ever since the first time that I've come here and uh, the Ram talks about the need for us to hold up our ministry. Just like they held up Moses' arms. When Moses' arms got tired, the men came and they held up Moses' arms. Because when his arms were up, the army prospered. When he got tired and the hands went down, the battle went against the army. So let's hold up the arms of our pastor. A man of God that those of you who don't know it, I wish I talked to Brother Tom or Brother Tim. I said, sometime I'd like to maybe show a video of Brother Ed when he was 
maybe about 50 years old or 20 years ago and, and show the dynamism and show the power that was in that body that right now we love and, and now we see that, 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 that age is coming up and it's coming up on all of us but the, the, the impact that he has had worldwide on every continent of this planet I don't know about Antarctica but every other planet he's, he's had an impact on it and we love him we appreciate him and we're going to spend eternity together. So God bless you, friends. I appreciate you pray with me on the trip coming up to Cambodia. God bless you.